Good morning. I don't think I need to preach. <laughs> Not after this morning. Because it's amazing what was said in the prayer room, what we've just gone through now. I think you'll see there's a bit of a pattern, and I believe God's definitely speaking. Um, Tim was scheduled to preach this morning, but he isn't well, so he's asked me to stand in. So I will attempt to just, uh, do justice to a message that, um, that I know he's had on his heart for a long time. But if you'll allow me to start with 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, which says this. I've left out a word. That's why I'm hesitating. Oh, that doesn't make sense, but it does, I realize. For now we see in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of a childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. As uh, Brent already mentioned, we're busy with a series on James at the moment. And James is a book all about spiritual maturity. And isn't it so amazing because, I mean, obviously there the writer of Corinthians speaks about childish ways and having a childish perspective and how as you grow up, your perspective and your reasoning and so on changes. And that's what the book of James is all about. It's about delving into spiritual maturity, learning how to grow, not outside the church, but those of us inside the church and how as we walk with God, how we should show this growth and this development. And so last week, Tim was speaking on James chapter four on on conflict. And we're going to finish off James chapter four today on the, the last little portion of scripture But I really encourage you, last week's word was probably hands down one of the best messages I have ever heard. And so if you weren't here, or even if you were, it's on the podcast, it's on on, um, YouTube, Go go and take a listen. It is so pivotal to especially where we are in today's day and age. And so I'm going to pick up where Tim left off, which was James chapter chapter 4, verse 13, and it will be on the screen, which 4.13 to 17 says this. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. With the the spiritual maturity that we have been working through over the last few weeks and what it means to be spiritually mature comes a certain amount of introspection that we are expected to have. And introspection, both in a physical and and a spiritual sense, means the ability to stop and evaluate where we are and take an honest look at our lives. So instead of waiting for somebody else's opinion or somebody else's word, we we have the ability to look inwards and to go, okay, Lord, how am I doing on this journey? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. About three weeks ago when I stood here, I had a mug of water, and we did the whole analogy of if you shake the mug, water comes out, and why did the water come out? And some people said, well, because we shook the mug, and we said, no, it's what is inside is what comes outside. So everybody's going to get shaken, but it's what's in the mug 
that we put in is what comes out. And so this morning, I'd like to speak a little bit more about what we're putting in our mugs, what's going on in our lives right now, and finding a time to do exactly what the writer of James is saying, is saying, stop for a minute, stop going today, tomorrow, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Let's rather zone back in on what God has called us to. And let's check and take a moment of introspection and make sure that where we're at is in line with the plans that God has for us. James 4.13 to um, 17 in the easy-to-read version puts it like this. And now I have a word for you who brashly announce. Today, at the latest tomorrow, we're off to such and such a city for the year. We're going to start a business and make a lot of money. You don't know the first thing about tomorrow. You're nothing but a wisp of fog catching a brief bit of sunshine before disappearing. Instead, make it a habit to say... If the master wills it and we're still alive, we'll do this or that. As it is, you are full of your grandiose uh, grandiose selves. All such vaunting self-importance is evil. In fact, if you know the right thing to do and don't do it, that for you is evil. So if you'll bear with me, we won't be very long this morning. I'd like to look at just a few important points that we can apply from the scripture as we look introspectively this morning. And I've I've entitled the message Reset, because every so often we need to do exactly that. We need to stop from the hustle and bustle of life and just take a moment and check where we're at. And so who is James speaking to in this scripture? In this portion of scripture, and if if you realize it follows straight on from where he was speaking about conflict and people being at odds with each other, in a sense, this part of the scripture is about people who are somewhat at odds with themselves. You know, others are, are in conflict. Some people are in conflict with others. This is addressing people who are almost in competition with others. You know, there's this constant go, 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 go attitude that our generation has. I mean, if you just read the first part of the easy read again, it says this. I have a word for you who brashly announce today, at the latest tomorrow, we're off to such and such a city for a year. We're going to start a business and we're going to make a lot of money. Does that sound familiar at all? I mean, James might as well have been writing those words in 2023 to our current generation. Because isn't that the measure of success that we place upon people and upon our own lives? How successful we are is how much I have built and how much I have to show for it. And we are this constant go, 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 get, 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 do, do, do generation that never seems to find the time to stop. The busier we are, the better we sometimes feel. We go, oh, look at me. I'm so important because I can fill so much on my plate. And you know what? Especially this time of year, I don't know if anyone feels the same. This time of year, as much as we know Christmas and relaxing is coming, there's so much to do and so little time to do it. And it feels like the the more we think we're getting through, the more there is piled on top of us to do. And we go, look at me, I'm so busy, I'm so successful. Look at everything I'm achieving. And we're spending so much time building But are we building the kingdom of God or are we building on our own ambitions? Proverbs 19 verse 21 says, oh, thank you. Was that a hint? (laughs) Thank you. It's really hot today. And I have to wear jeans because I have to be able to hook the mic pack on. So thank you. I appreciate it. So Proverbs 19 verse 21 says this, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I think we all fall into the trap of having our own plans 
our own purposes, our own ambitions, our own desires. And to a degree, there's nothing wrong with that. The last thing you want to be is just somebody who sits around doing nothing because I'm waiting. You know, I'm just waiting on. Sometimes you, you've got to have God places hopes and desires in your heart. But sometimes we also fall into the, into, the, into the habit of picking up other things along the way that aren't necessarily intended for us to carry or for us to build on or for us to run with. And our own plans, let's face it, are exhausting. They are. If you're feeling exhausted, if you're feeling burnt out, if you're feeling rushed and harried and hurried, perhaps it's time to reset and to examine what you've got on your plate and go, is all of it from God? Because I guarantee, I mean, Jesus says, he says, my burden is not heavy. My yoke is light. He's not going to give us something that we can't carry. And so if we feel at the moment like we're burdened and like we're exhausted, perhaps we're not carrying everything that God has given us to carry. You ever felt that moment like a hamster on a wheel or like you're running life on a treadmill? Like there's lots of busyness. There's lots of movement, but there's very little distance covered. And that's sometimes the trap we fall into. Having spiritual maturity means to have that introspection and to have that wisdom and courage from God to just take a moment and to go, okay, let's evaluate. Let's reset. C.S. Lewis said it like this. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And for some of us this this morning, I, I believe we need to hear that. I've had a busy week. And there's times that I have to remind myself, it's okay to sit down. It's okay to rest. It's okay to just breathe. Because sometimes we look at people that are resting, oh, that's laziness. We've got to go, 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 go. But if we're not going in the direction God is steering us, are we actually going at all? So we're going to look at just quick three key points this morning in finding introspection, finding spiritual maturity, finding the ability to reset ourselves. And the first one is to pause. Press the pause button. Take a moment. And you go, well, then I've got so much. You have no idea. I have so much I have to get done. I don't have time to pause. I'll pause later. No, we need to find the time to pause now before we get too far down the wrong path. Pausing is a spiritual discipline. And that's not pausing and putting on Netflix. I mean, Netflix is not pausing like I'm just going to zone out entirely. When we pause, we find the time to press into God. Jesus himself found many moments to pause. Matthew, Mark, um, John, they all record a, a portion of scripture where it says that Jesus had been teaching. He dismissed the crowds. His disciples took him across the lake on a, on a boat. And then he climbed a mountain and he spent some time alone. In fact, in Luke 5, verse 16, it says this, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He often found that time to pause. Why? Because when you pause, God has a chance to fill your cup. When you pause for a moment and you press into God, not press into Netflix, not press into Facebook or whatever else we feel like relaxing is, when we genuinely pause and we find a moment to be alone with God, God can start to speak into us and start to fill us. Jesus made a habit of spending time with God, and we should do the same. That verse that I opened with about looking in a mirror from 1 Corinthians, he says, now we see in part. Just like you would look in a physical mirror for your physical uh, reflection, you've got to look in the mirror of God for your spiritual reflection. In order to see how you're currently doing, you've got to ask God, not anyone else. There's good books. 
There's great books out there. There's good teachers. There's great teachers. But the one that we should be reflecting off of is God himself. We need to find that alone time with him where he speaks to you and says, how are you doing? Because when we do that, we gain the next P in my three points, and that is perspective. When we pause for a moment and take everything we've got going on and all the busyness and all the plans we have, and we put them into perspective, our paths start to change. In James, he says, you don't know the first thing about tomorrow. You're nothing but a wisp of fog catching a brief bit of sun before disappearing. In the New King James, it says it like this. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. James is echoing a sentiment that is repeated over and over and over through Scripture. In Psalm 39 verse 4, the psalmist calls our lives fleeting. In 1 Chronicles, it tells us, uh, is this mark coming and going or is it okay? Okay. In 1 Chronicles, it tells us that our days on earth are described as being like shadows. In Psalm 78 verse 39, it describes us as a passing breeze that does not return. And perhaps Job sums it up best of all. In Job chapter 14, he says this, Mortals, born of women, that's all of us, are few of days and full of trouble. They spring up like flowers and wither away, like fleeting shadows they do not endure. This is not to go, hey, your life's not important, you're like this. It's to say your time on earth is so short that in the perspective of eternity, when you hold up our brief fleeting moments that we're here on earth and all that busyness that we've got going on, how important is all the busyness? How important is all that stuff and all those plans we have and all those kingdoms we're building and all that money we're gaining and all, those, all of those things? How important are they against the measure of eternity? I know I've shared these facts before, but an average human lifespan at the moment in 2023 is 73.16 years. So let's round it off. I know I'm going to terrible teaching. We're going to round up to 74, okay? I know we should round down. So rounding up to 74. So that means we've got 27,010 days, 648,240 hours, or 38,894,400 minutes, or if you really want to get good, my son keeps asking me, Mom, how long will it take to count to a billion? It'll take you like 30-something years because all we've got in seconds is 2,333,664,000 seconds, and your time is done. And yes, some people are sitting here going, hey, I'm way over that. <laughs> That's cool. Some people will never even get close to that number. But we've all been given a time. We've all been given a fleeting shadow of a moment here on earth. And the good news is, yes, eternity is waiting for us. But what we do here on earth echoes in eternity. So with that in perspective, all that stuff we've got going on, how important is it in the shadow of eternity? How important is that problem? How important is the thing that's keeping you up at night? How important is that plan that's pulling you away? I'll, I'll press into church and I'll press into God once I've got this project done. James says we don't even know if we have it tomorrow. So surely we should be living every single second through the perspective of eternity. Like he says, instead of saying 
what I will do. Make it a habit of saying, if the master wills it and we're still alive, we'll do this or that. It's great to have plans and it's great to have ambitions. And we love that Bible verse that says, God will give you the desires of your heart. But Christine put it into perspective for me. We were chatting, was it a few years ago even? And sometimes we think that when, the, when Scripture says God will give you the desires of your heart, it means here's what I want, Lord. You'll make it happen. What if we read it from a slightly different angle? Lord, give me what I should desire. Teach me what the desires of my heart should be. Instead of it being, God, here's what I want. Please make it happen. What if it's, God, what do you want? Where do I weigh in in making it happen? What can I do, Lord, to honor you? Which brings me to point number three, and then we're done. So we've got pause, get some perspective, and then prioritize. Prioritize the things of God. I was listening to a segment of a TED Talk many months ago, and there was a a doctor there who, and I've tried to apply this in my own life. She was an emergency room doctor. And she said, you know how you speak about people getting crazy busy? Has anyone ever used that term? Like, we're crazy busy right now. She says, in a hospital emergency room, you do not have time for crazy busy because crazy is when things go wrong. And so what they are trained to do and what they do do is they triage. They have utmost importance. So they have their red, then they have their orange, then they have their green, like the stuff that has to happen. Then the stuff that that's, it's, it's urgent, but it'll, it'll do. And then the patient said, they're okay until we get to them. If we apply the same philosophy to our own lives, here's the stuff I have to get done. Here's the stuff that that can fall into line. Prioritize. And if we prioritize what God has called us to above all else, like the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all the other stuff falls into place. Instead of us trying to build the kingdom, let's let the king build through us and watch how he builds. We prioritize God above all else. If we seek him first, he will take away that crazy busyness from our lives. If we run every single thing that we've got going on through the filter of, is this of God? Is this what he has asked me to do? I think our lives would take on a whole new meaning. In C.S. Lewis, no, not in C.S. Lewis, in his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis says this, it comes the very moment you wake every morning. All your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back, in listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in, and so on all day, standing back from all your natural fussings and frettings, coming in out of the wind. God has not intended for us to have these horrible, burdensome plates that are just mounting more and more and more on. He's saying, take a moment to pause. Take a moment to gain some perspective and prioritize the things of God and watch how your life resets. Watch how things fall into place. Watch how the unimportant things, the things that you're carrying that you know you really shouldn't carry, but you're not sure how to let go, watch how they wither away. Because in the measure of eternity, what matters to God is what should matter to us. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning, Lord. We thank you for the way that your spirit has ministered to us through the praise and worship, Lord, through the words that have been brought, Father, through your word now. Father God, may every single person and every family represented here just feel a peace upon them even as we pray. Lord, in the crazy, rush, harried busyness of today, Father God, may we just know your inner peace. Lord, may we find those moments where we can reflect. Lord, disciple us to have the wisdom and the discipline to take time to do just that. Father, to constantly check, to constantly reset, to constantly hear your voice. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.